People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. Fine Music Radio and Rodney Trudgeon welcoming you to this week's edition of People of Note. The plural is good this week because I have two guests, a husband and wife team, well-known to music lovers in South Africa, especially here in Cape Town. Hannah von Skalkveik, a soprano, who was well-known for SABC broadcasts, opera, oratorio performances, and her champion of the art song, including those in Afrikaans. And she was a founder member of the Songmakers Guild and sang at the first and many more concerts until her retirement from singing. Her husband is Albi von Skalkveik, a pianist and specialist in the repertoire of the art song, repetitor, chamber musician, and he's also served on panels of piano competitions as well as singing competitions. And he's performed in art song recitals pretty well all over the place, Britain, France, Austria, and South Africa, with some famous singers, Elie Ameling, Elizabeth Connell, Martin Koenigsberger, Mimi Kurtzer, Karl Lepol, and Hannah van Niekerk, Mrs. van Skelvik these days, Dion van der Valt, Andre Howard, it's quite a list, Hanley Rupert, Kobe van Rensburg, he is Professor Emeritus in Music at the University of Cape Town. So both of you, welcome. It's good to have you both here at last on Fine Music Radio's <laughs> People you. of Note. Thank you for asking us. I want to begin on a personal level. You're well known as a couple in the music world. Hannah, you teaching, I'll be as pianist. How did you actually meet? Was it on the concert platform? Was it in a restaurant? Was it on a boat? How did you meet? You know, both of us competed in the UNISA overseas oh, yes. scholarship. Yes. But he was up here or down here and I was in, in Pretoria. So we knew of each other, but we never even met. When did we meet? Mm, yeah, I knew you'd forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, oh, I know. Over a bowl of ice cream of after course. a soiree packed in those days, soiree. And she just sung and I was turning pages for the pianist. And we met, and I, just there I asked her not to bury me yet, but to work together on a huge project that I was thinking of doing that was the complete Wolf Italianisches Liederbuch, the oh, male singer, okay. because of because I knew him from before. Andre Howard was also around there, so it would have been an ideal combination. So she agreed right there. Can I say at this point that the rest was history? Did yeah. you very soon strike up a relationship? Yeah. Yes. Musical and personal. Yes, we did. And no, not straight away. Maybe after a year or so. And then we went on tour. It mm-hmm. was during the Mozart year. <laughs> oh, yes. And we went on tour with another colleague of ours. I played some piano duets with him and he accompanied her. And that's when the real thing started oh, during yeah. that little tour. Uh-huh. Albi, I remember you, and I'm sure you remember this very fondly. I think the first time I met you or interviewed you was when you took part in the Mount Grace Chamber Music Festivals that they used to have in the Mercalliesburg. And weren't they wonderful? Do you have fond memories of that? They were fantastic. We enjoyed them all very much because it was a chance to completely get out of normal society mm-hmm. and become a musical society. And just to rehearse every day, have no, the food was fantastic at the hotel. <laughs> so, and the audience was built in. Mm-hmm. And one knew that there was going to be an audience reached in the end. But it was really the day-to-day music making. Nothing else to do except that. And the public were invited, weren't they, to rehearsals as well. You could really get completely immersed as a member of the public. 
there were some open rehearsals as well. Not mm-hmm. the first one, but maybe a little bit later when things started sounding, because these were big pieces, and we only we did two programs in two weeks. So it was quite a lot of music to get through. Each player probably did about three big works during a week. Mm-hmm. So it was quite a lot to do, but n- no problem because one wanted to be there and you had no other worries in the world. Absolutely. And it was, there's nothing really like that anymore, is there, with that intensity? There are festivals here and there. I'm thinking, for example, of the Chamber Music Festival in Stellenbosch, but nothing quite as unique as that yes, out, at, out at Mount Grace. Because of the sur- surroundings. I mean, mm-hmm. even Stellenbosch, that's maybe not a big city, there's so much to do, there's so many distractions. Yes. Um, that it's not the same from that point of view. Whereas at Mount Grace, you've been oh, well, alone. <laughs> outside everything. Hannah, were you ever part of those? No, never. You never no, part. I knew of it. But you were based in Pretoria. Yes. And your singing career did that last for a long time? I didn't have that that long a career. I went overseas, and then came back and did a few radio programs. Um, my first opera was Fenena in Nabucco. I sang quite a lot of things for Weiss du Bell. Mm, in Rudaport. In Rudaport. Yes, in the meantime, I did quite a number. I, I used to have something like three or four leader recitals a month for the SABC. I never did anything in Cape Town. Okay. Until we started the Songmakers Guild. Okay, which I want to talk about later on. But I'm glad you've brought some of your own music with you performing as part of the program today. And um, Albi, just tell me, both of you, about this first. You mentioned the Hugo Wolf uh, project that you did. His Italian songs, Liederbuch, Book of Italian Songs. The interesting thing about this song specifically, it was the first one of the set of 46 songs published. Also, it makes a very nice introduction if you do a complete a recital of this, mm-hmm. because Auch Kleine Dinge is a beautiful little, of course, they translated from the Italian, a little poem about, please take note. Small things can also be beautiful. Think about the olive, how small it is, and yet it is so good for one. Think about the rose, it's small, but it's beautiful. (laughs) So Wolf, of course, wanting to write opera, but never quite managing to be successful, was successful with these small but fantastic gems of music. Okay, so this one is called Auch Kleiner Dinger, and we have Hannah van Niekerk, using your, your professional name in those days, accompanied by her now husband, Albi van Skalkweg. Thank you. 
That was a song by Hugo Wolf called Auch Kleine Dinge from his set of Italian songs. And you heard Hannah Finnekirk soprano and Albi von Skalkweg piano. They are now, as we all know, a married couple. Hannah and Albi von Skalkweg are my guests on People of Note this week. I'm interested about this leader thing because that really took over, didn't it, Hannah, first of all? You mentioned you did that one opera, but the art song has always been more important to you, hasn't it? Oh, yes. And do you know why? Is there a simple, uncomplicated reason or a fascinating story? No, you know uh, what Hugo Wolf wrote in two pages, that it took four acts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, as you said, I'll be introducing that song. Very often the art song tells an amazing little story in three or four minutes, doesn't it? And this appealed to you. And what about the technical side of singing art songs as opposed to being on stage singing opera over in massive orchestra? Well, you know, art songs are very exposed, mm. especially if you record. You know, they, as you know, the microphone catches every little detail. So that was quite a challenge. To be able to stand up there and do art yes, songs with yes. the focus very much on you and on the pianist, Albie, yeah. the accompanist. Um, Graham Johnson, the mm. famous accompanist, did some masterclasses here a long time ago and reminded everybody, as if they should be reminded, this includes singing teachers and piano teachers, that one has to have a sense of drama. You must know the stage and what works on stage because a lot of the art songs are operatic they're not just all little things requiring mm. a small voice. It's just not true. And the same thing is true for opera singers. They need to be reminded that the concentrated nature of the art song will make them pack as much as possible into the three or four or five minutes. An aria is not 25 minutes after all. It is short. Right. And they could if they treated the text as seriously as one should do in an art song they could get a lot more out of it rather than just stand there and make beautiful sounds. So one needs to have both of these, and the one sharpens this talent, the other one, the opposite, and you bring them together different in different measures at each different new occasion. And one needs both of those. So I think the one is a training for the other one, and the, one, the other one is a making it more subtle, what you already know how to do. But all these things you've said, Albie, about the art song and being on the stage and putting drama into it applies to the accompanist as well, doesn't it? Because if we think of the Schubert songs, mm. the accompaniment is not what you might call easy. It's certainly not just accompaniment. And you've got to create and capture the atmosphere as much as the singer. I think I was lucky to have so many different things to play, chamber music, solo stuff, art songs, 
because I like my life to be interesting. <laughs> and I think Fair if enough. you're bored playing a Schubert song because it goes, it's your own fault because you don't know what the words are, you don't move with the singer, you're not interested in the phrasing, it's just notes. Then you deserve to be bored and deserve to misunderstand what is really going on. So I was, I always liked text, I always liked poetry, and I like what different composers, there's so many examples of of the same set, same text being said by Schubert and Wolf, psychologically completely different people, mm -hmm. and how they differ and how to make both of them work. It was always an interest of mine. But this business as well of working together, okay, you are now <laughs> a team, but I should imagine it is very important to get on well with your accompanist as well as your singer and to have that understanding of the words and to have the same feeling for the song to bring out its drama or its tenderness or whatever in that three or four minutes that you have in hand. Well, I was not his wife when we sang together. Ah. He was very strict with me, <laughs> extremely. But we got on so well. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Carla Poole. Yes. She yes. once said she did a recital with Albi that a recital is much harder to sing than a complete Wagner opera because it's so concentrated. Mm. So I don't think anybody should underestimate the, the lead. How would you have described your soprano voice? Was it a dramatic soprano, lyric soprano? No, it was just an ordinary lyric soprano. <laughs> <laughs> ordinary, don't say ordinary. No, it was not. <laughs> Could you do nothing ordinary. Oh, really? Was it a big no, voice? No, it's going towards Pinto. You did Butterfly and things like that. Yes. You'll never be able to do that with just an ordinary lyric voice. Yeah. And I'll be, I'm right in saying that you we don't normally associate you with concertos. It's this intimacy, the chamber music, the art songs that we associate you most. And you must have a, a reason for liking that and not bothering about the flashy concertos. No, but it, I did bother with it, and it was part of my training. And <laughs> yes, I played I'm sure, them. I'm sure. So, again, it's the same with the, with the singer. If you can't play Brahms concerto, you can't play the Brahms piano quintet because you have to play. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good example, actually, because it's yeah. such a big piece yes, for the piano. Yes. If you don't understand the song aspect of Brahms' songs, you don't know how to deal with some of the concerto or the piano quintet. So it is the complete picture of the, of the composer that one wants to arrive at, and for that you have to play the different types of music. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you can only play loud or play softly. <laughs> Too soft, yes, yes. yes. So it is being interesting that I think is important to me for my own reason, but if I'm being interesting, I think other people will all be, also be more likely to find it interesting, and that's my real job mm -hmm. is to present stuff in an interesting way. We're going to have another piece of music now, Albie, and I see this is you and a cellist with whom you worked very closely and did a number of recordings. Is that right? It's, it's the Debussy Sonata. Tell me a little bit about this. Yes. Debussy is probably what I knew least when I started playing it with her. The cellist is Heidi Lichauer. I was very fortunate many years ago, even before the Songmakers Guild, I think, that she was asked to come and do a tour here. She'd been the teacher of a few cellists in South Africa. She was then teaching at the Mozarteum. She retired from there a few years ago. So that was her career, apart from a lot of chamber music and um, sonata evenings with many different pianists. 
But she was on tour here, and we got on. You asked about, do you have to get on? You yeah, don't have sure. to get on, but when you do, it helps. <laughs> Magic happens, it helps. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it saves rehearsal time as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we just got on from the beginning, and she asked me two or three years later to do a tour with her in Austria, and we did this recording a few years later for Austrian radio. So it's just an extract from that. The Debussy Sonata, we played almost always when we got together. So it is for me just so much part of my instrumental side of the repertoire and a lifelong friendship with Heidi. Thank you. 
part of Debussy's cello sonata there. Albi von Skalkweg was the pianist, and the cellist there, Heidi Litschauer, who, as you heard, works a lot with Albi, and this intimacy shining through there and that glorious music by Debussy. And my guests have two guests on People of Note this week, a husband and wife team of Hannah and Albi von Skalkweg. Hannah now teaching, singing, and also has many pupils overseas. But before we get there, there's just one thing I want to say on a slightly more frivolous note. You said to me when we were coming into the studio, I asked you what your favorite food was, and you said curry, which A, surprised me, I'm not sure why, and B, thrilled me because it's my favorite food. (laughs) Where does your love of curry come from, just moving away from music for a while? You know... I grew up in Freiburg, and curry was something like, may I say, Coleman's mild curry. You know the yes, the, those packets. The, that's right. Yes, <laughs> like instant curry. Yeah, it's more turmeric than anything else. Mm. And then I actually started liking curry when I met you, and we started uh, cooking curry together. So, are you both cooks? Yes. Apart from being, he's the better cook. No, oh, is he? <laughs> I'm the lazy one, though. <laughs> okay. And so these days you can get so many curry recipes and mixtures and things. Do you basically mix your own when you're going to make a curry? Yes. yes. So it's it's Hannah's curry, no one else's. Unfortunately, it doesn't come out so successful every time, but I like doing it. <laughs> Albie looks disbelieving. Are you going to say, Albie, that it does come out? <laughs> Fishing for curry compliments. <laughs> curry compliments. It's a delicious meal, and I hope one day I can taste one of your curries, he okay. said. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned your singing career. When you switch from singing to teaching, is it a major shift, or did you always have the teaching thing in you? Because apparently you gave up singing in 2002 professionally and then went on to teach. So how difficult is that shift? You know, I always say there are such a lot of repertoire that I still wanted to sing. Mm -hmm. But when we worked in Bloemfontein, I was the only singing teacher then. And I had so many students. By the end of the day, I was kaput. I did not have (laughs) any any more in me to practice. Mm -hmm. And then I had to choose. And I knew I can't sing forever, so I better start switching now. I love teaching. I really do. Mm -hmm. Do you find that it's difficult? I suppose it depends on the pupil, doesn't it, as indeed with a piano, Albie, that you get someone you teach and you might think, you know what, this person is never going to make it, which must be tricky for both of you. Yes, but you know, in my practice, I have very few people who aim to become professionals. Mm -hmm. They're just people who like the singing and it's sort of an outlet for them, which is very rewarding to me. Of course it is. Because they really work hard. And you did say that some of them have gone overseas. Tell us about some names that you've thrust overseas. Well, I think of Levi Sekrapane. I see he has different names every time I open <laughs> Facebook. Then he's different this and that. shoes, different names. Anyway, um, he studied with me for four or five years at UCT. And then he entered the Belvedere competition, ah. which he actually won. This is one of the tracks I would like you to play. And in that same year, he won Operalia as well as the Montserrat Caballé competition. My He's goodness. absolutely thriving. He's in L.A. at the moment. Yeah. And as we hear now, he's got a light 
versatile tenor voice, hasn't he? Yes. It's it's a sort of how would you call it? Not spinto really, or but he's got that light, very flexible tenor voice. Yes, he likes to call himself a Rossini tenor. Oh, there you go. That that <laughs> describes it absolutely. Yes. But let's listen to a bit of him. What is he singing here? I see it is from the Italian girl in Algiers by Rossini. Yeah, Languir. Okay, here then, one of the star pupils of Hannah, Levi Secapane, and music by Rossini. Can I just add yes. that when he actually won this competition, there were quite a lot of South Africans in the, in the audience, and they started singing in Kosisikilele. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. Quite moving.
a voice that's <laughs> capturing them in Europe and elsewhere, Levi Secupane, and that aria from the Italian in Algiers by Rossini. And as I said, as we said, Levi was a pupil of Hannah van Skalkweg, one of my guests here, along with her husband, Albi van Skalkweg, and one of many that you've sent overseas, which must make you very proud. I was very proud to have... In the Belvedere competition, I had a long relationship with those. But didn't you organize for it to come out here? Wasn't there something about yes, you? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Lisa Kutzer and I arranged that the competition would be in South Africa. But at some stage, four of the eight finalists were students of mine. In Belvedere competition? In Belvedere. <laughs> I was laugh, very proud. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then you must be very proud. That's great. But then the other one, the Opera Ralia one, that's the one Placido Domingo does, doesn't yes, he? And yes. Levy's also been in that. Yes, he won that as well. He won it. 
What I would like to know, we're talking a lot about singing. It's turning out to be a songmaker's people of note. And what about the Songmakers Guild? It says here an organization dedicated to the performance of art songs in all languages in the Cape Town area. And the two of you were instrumental in setting that up, weren't you? Way back in when? 2004? I think 19, it was. 1994. Oh, 1994. Yes. So even longer ago, 1994. Even older. I was then working teaching at UCT, the first time I was at UCT. But I'd got to know the Stemets because I often recorded with Machrit and I got to know Johan because he ran the Afrikaans department. We were on the same floor and we were the two people who always, everybody said, oh, there goes Johan or there goes Albi because we walked faster than anybody else in the past. This was at the SBC that here was in Cape at the Town. SBC here in Cape Town. So I got to know them anyway. And then when we moved as married couple to come and live in, I was going to teach at UCT, we talked over a glass of wine and said, isn't it a shame that there's nothing that's dedicated to just the art song? Why don't we just start something? So with the Stemets and the two of us, we started the Songmakers Guild in 1994. First people to sing were Hannah and Brad Liebel, who was then teaching with me. Um, we had local people who were interested, who'd proven that they're interested in it. It's not for newcomers, mm. because if we're going to do this at all, then we must encourage people who are already showing an interest in it. Later on, it included young voices at the guild, so newcomers, just a few songs, just people who'd won competitions or shown that they were interested in this, not people that we picked, but they must put in the first effort. Then it had many different versions. The usual format was to have two singers. It meant that each of them would have to do only half an hour's worth of songs. Um, it made it interesting for the audience. So that was the standard way of doing things. Later on, we had some solo recitals. Van der Nel did a solo recital. Um, we brought people from Europe who were here on holiday. Jacques Imbrailo, for example, did a solo recital. Um, Erika... Yellow. So people who'd already had careers with art songs in Europe also. Mm-hmm. And it changed a little bit a few years ago when we started putting on more singers and made up little stories. Um, the most spectacular of that was when Kubi van Rensburg did his um, Schande based on violence in the Cape Town area. Oh, and with his that. whole visual thing with a blue screen and sound, it was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Lots of rehearsals, more than we normally have. <laughs> but it was a, a new thing for, for the Songmakers Guild to do, but an interesting thing. In the meantime, we've done different things like the Fledermaus story, which is basically a Hugo Wolf recital dressed up as something completely different. And Lenta Lowe wrote a story for three female singers called The Locket, which is a made-up story. You find the repertoire first and make and the make story the fit yes, that, see, not I the see. other way around, like okay. opera producers seem to like to do sometimes. And the latest one that we should have done by now, but because of COVID and many other reasons, has not happened, but will soon is a murder mystery all about lady detective who thinks back on a case that she found particularly difficult to solve. So the characters are all there, and they each sing in a different language, 
And I, I think it's a fantastic program. So I hope people look forward to hearing this when it eventually happens. But now, when will it happen, Albi? Because I know you've just had to cancel something because Lentilo was that's, ill. That's and that was going to be your first concert, wasn't it, for, you see, for a long time? Um, illness is a funny thing. And now, with allergies and so on, we don't know when she will be better. But she wrote the story, and she's the detective. I can't say, oh, sorry, you've okay. just been replaced by somebody else. She's part of the driving force. Oh, so this so is Lentilo. We will, we will yeah. wait for her to get better. Maybe it'll be the first concert of the new year, which is what I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. But are you likely to have any concerts this year now? No. Or is it with COVID and all that, no. it's too no, it's too no, far? No. And you've not had concerts, presumably, through this no. time? A year ago, we just recorded when it was possible for people to meet. So mm-hmm. you could bring one or two people into your house or have two people in the same room. I did eight recordings with different singers just in our living room, music room, I should say, um, with uh, these recitals didn't have to hang together, but I had specific requirements. They had to sing a COVID song uh, or a lockdown song and an Afrikaans song. And, uh, you know, there were categories. Mm-hmm. So it made it interesting, but people were not so keen on watching it. Then the whole thing was maybe a little bit too new. Yes, they too were all waiting for live concerts. This was a year ago. <laughs> okay. So. But the other thing I find interesting, it says here of art songs in all languages in the Cape Town area. So does this also mean local languages? The ones that have produced art songs. So there are slowly composers who are beginning to write songs in our local languages. But for the time being, it means a perfect example is Lent, a story. There's a Spanish soprano, there's a, an Italian alto, and there's a Russian bass, of course, a French <laughs> tenor, and she's a German detective. So the normal art song languages of the normal repertoire. And have you found that the audiences like this idea of a theme like that, a made-up story around art songs? It yes, sounds yes, magical. It works quite well because it gives you an excuse to use repertoire that's sometimes completely um, non-related to bring them together in a story, to do severe dramatic contrasts from one song to the next, because the story demands it. And you know, it's moving away from this formal standing at the piano and sing your song. There's a little bit of movement, and when there's a storyline, the audience hook onto it. Well, hence the success of opera. (laughs) <laughs> that is the wrong thing to say to you. <laughs> that's why Quibi did his visual thing. And yeah, of course, I understand absolutely. that. But that's one thing. We try and do different things at different times, yeah. not only. And the, the move away from the formal recital yeah, yeah. is very much part of it because it is what, what people are doing. Ronnie, you make me not not liking opera. No, I, no, I love you. opera. <laughs> no, I'm glad. As long as it's not you know who. No, let's not mention <laughs> the names. But now, Hannah, it's time for you to shine again. We're going to listen to you singing the Dido's Lament from Dido and Aeneas by Purcell. And is there anything you'd like to say about this before we listen to it? No, it was just part of a series called Encore. We were quite a number of, of singers taking part in this series, you know, Mimi Kurtz, uh, Rina Hichu, when she still sang classical music, Escorcio. Oh, yeah. We each had about five or six arias to sing, which was with movement and costumes. It was very nice. Uh-huh. And this is quite a one. It's very bleak, isn't it? Dido's yes, Lament. Yes, yes. Right. Here's my guest, Hannah van Niekirk, using her professional name there.
Well, that's the music of Henry Purcell, Dido's Lament from Dido and Anais, and sung by Hannah Finnekirk, who is my guest, along with her husband, Albi van Skalkvik, on this week's edition of People of Note here on Fine Music Radio. And we've really been talking song, 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 song and voice. But Albi, when you are teaching, you're the emeritus professor, are students, is, are they required to learn how to do art song accompaniments, piano students, or are there enough wanting to do that, or do they all want to be flashy soloists? Yes, of course, wanting to be something. He forces them to like it. <laughs> Does he? Okay. <laughs> it's built into the Into the, into course. the repertoire. Yes, I mean, it's, it's into it. the course. There is a course for yeah. first years, and it runs for three years, so all pianists must do this thing called piano accompaniment. Mm-hmm. It used to, I don't know what it was before I did it, but when I took it over, I made them do half a year of instrumental, like little sonatas and concert pieces and things with different instruments, and the other half, art songs. But not only art songs, because in the job, you might end up with an, you'd be more likely to end up with a singer who says, please play this opera aria for me. So I also included that in the repertoire by third year. They should be able to play fairly complicated opera arias, and we've done um, most of the styles. But so it's everything that you need to do at the piano that's not solo, Um, and three years of that. Then in their second year, at UCT at least, that's how it worked, Um, you can do, if you do performance-level piano, you can join the chamber music class, in which case you would do everything from... Pianists are lucky because... 
to us a Brahms <laughs> sonata with violin is chamber music, but to yes. the violinist it's not. So oh. it doesn't count for them, but it counts for us. But they have to play trios, quartets, quintets, anything that they like to put together, and they get training in the classes and play some of that. And there's even a chamber music competition at the end of every year for which they can win quite a lot of money. It's a great system to make people aware that solo is not the only thing. Mm -hmm. But you need to do that in order to do the rest. Of course or you, you need to do that Before, in, order in order to, to do, do the, the solo, solo stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so it, is, it works in the same way variety matters. Mm -hmm. And the, the more different tone colors and dynamic levels you can do at the piano, the more work you will have. And also those tone colors and dynamics you speak about at the piano and we, this is the thing I want to in, emphasize how important the art song is. That is as important in the art song, isn't it, as in a concerto, tone colors, coloring, all those things which add to the interest, as you said earlier, of a, of a song. Yeah. The second movement of the Brahms first piano concerto is a Brahms song, the middle movement of the Ravel piano concerto. Oh. If you don't understand how to play a, a melody well, it'll be too small and you won't know how to, to blow it up to the point where it is a solo piece, mm -hmm. although on paper it doesn't look like much. You have to understand what works acoustically, what works in a big hall. You, it's easier to, to have worked with other people producing different colors, different subtleties that you can then apply. Mm -hmm. It's just more interesting. Because also in chamber music and with song and recitals, as a performer, you have to listen more, don't you? When you're a concerto player, you're kind of leading the orchestra, but you've got to listen. You must be um, trained to listen. It is a question of anticipating. People always say, follow the singer. That's complete nonsense. You have to anticipate what they're going to do because it also affects what you do to make the phrase work, to make the size of the climax work, all kinds of different things, to mm. sustain low-level activity and yet keep it interesting. It's all part of what one has to do. So, yes, tone color is, to me, I, I believe that when you are being listened to by an audience, tone color is the first thing that they hear, not the rhythm, not the big idea, but the tone color. And mm -hmm. if that is... Ah, in the wrong place. Yes. There's a, there's a reason to use aggression. Yes. But if it's in the wrong place, people will switch off. So tone color to me is the big link between what comes out of my fingers and the ear of the audience. And that's what I like to work on also with students. Excellent. And Hannah, you're sitting here nodding sagely. I mean, <laughs> you will know from working with these pianists how important everything Albi has said, isn't it, really? Uh, and you must feel that would give you confidence, wouldn't it, if you singing with a accompanist who's very aware, not only rhythmically, but colouring what you are singing? Yes, I often work with competent pianists who have no idea. In first, they don't even know the meaning of the words. So how on earth can you colour a, a note if you don't know the meaning of it? So that is quite, I think, a question of educating the prospects of a possible accompanist. Mm -hmm. And when you teach singing classes, do you accompany them or do you have an accompanist with you? Well, you know, I really don't play the piano. Yes, you do. <laughs> and um, to his horror, I use backtracks lately. <gasps> Oh, no. And it is Are terrible, we? I know, but you know, at <laughs> least you get all the notes in. And you, I'm not going to plug this app, but there is an app mm -hmm. where you can actually bring out the melody so they can, they can learn the melody with the accompaniment. I think it's a great tool. 
and I think one should use it. But what's interesting as well, I know about that, and I'm not necessarily siding with her, Albie, so <laughs> Albie's face, is the rhythm would be set, wouldn't it? They wouldn't be able yeah. to mess around with the w- no. rhythm. So they have to follow the music. Yes. And, you know, the accompanists did not follow them. And there's no tone color in changing involved here. So it doesn't inspire. <laughs> it just sits at the back and goes click, 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 click. Yeah, it's a click no, track. A click you can track. actually, yes. with, with a click of a finger, change the, the, you can make a rubato, which is not written in it. But, but you it can actually make it. I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. But, you know, it's much oh, better than my playing. terrible domestic It's just yes, much it's better a- than my <laughs> playing. I'm sorry. Okay, but look, what works for you is important, I think. And if it clearly works, because look at all these students you've got overseas. Yeah, we we usually out. bring in accompanists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's one lady who accompanies quite a number of students of mine, which I'm very grateful for. She's a very competent player. If I move them a little up, I move them over the passage to Arby. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Okay. Now, listen, as we come to the end of this interview, and thanks, it's been interesting talking to you too, but both of you are, let me think how I can put this, of an age. You're not going to retire quite soon, are you? Because we need you. I'm sure we need you. The singers need you. The students need you. You're going to be around for a while. We hope so. I hope they carry me out of that house. I, <laughs> I don't have any intention to retire soon. I also believe you have a beautiful garden. There you are. I put it in LV. Are you a gardener? I like it. I like yes. it. Well, you see, there are rounded people for you. I've been talking to <laughs> Albi van Skalkweg and his wife, Hannah van Skalkweg, also about the Songmakers Guild. I'm very excited to see this murder mystery when it comes up. So let's hope that can happen quite soon. So thank you both for coming in and for spending time chatting about what you do and what you love and curry. What is the last piece here that we're going to hear? My association with Pitkornov goes back way back to my first teaching job, which was at Poch University. We started something called the Poch Trio, which still exists, but with different pianists. Over the years, François de Toy, when he was teaching there, was also part of it. But I made two CDs with Pit over the last four years. And this, the first one was actually called Frolov and Friends. Now, Mr. Frolov was a very good violinist who was not as famous as Oistrach and those people. So he didn't get the Carnegie Hall concerts. He didn't get the fancy stuff. And he was also not a high-profile person when he came to being checked on by the the Russian authorities. So he was sent to a place, terrible place called Cuba, where they seemed to (laughs) just have a lot of good time and good music. Yes, absolutely. And, and he loved this. He found such a connection with it. So even though some of the music that he wrote, he was also a very good pianist, so the piano parts are really challenging and interesting. He could change his little encores that he wrote from him for himself, typical of that time, um, from normal salon pieces, shall we say, to more and more the Spanish influence and the Cuban dances and they met people there and wrote a set of six Cuban dances based on songs that everybody was singing in the streets. So I went all that way with a crossover idea and we recorded all of these pieces um, on the CD and I would like to end on something very jolly and loose-legged <laughs> called Cuban Peace. Thank you very much, Albi and Hannah van Skalkveik, my guests on People of Note this week. Thank you for asking us.
People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions. FMR.